So you think in like 15 years there's going to be like some sort of revolution? No. I don't think it'll ever come because everybody's just looking at their phones the whole time. I think it's... That's true. It's... The more that we have access to being in communication with everyone, it gives them just as much power over us because, it, one, it gives them all all the time and energy to be able to track us because we're constantly posting and, and throwing stuff up there but it also gives them the, the ability to keep us divided and keep us into those you know algorithmic microcosms of people talking about this people talking about that so they're able to divide us more readily than you know between the time i wake up and decide whether or not i'm going to a protest or something i read 17 different articles and get distracted by a thousand different things you know it's I think that's the you know the the division we're, we're is building our own cages right now. Oh, there's there's no doubt that we're building cages. I I think the division is the thing that that bothers me the most. You know, I I don't see people as naturally bad. You right. know, I I see people as naturally benevolent and If there's someone preaching to the to the to the big crowds that people are evil and you have to watch your back, then that's what people are gonna start doing and that's what people are gonna start believing. But if people act naturally, that's not a thing. You know, uh, it, it isn't a very small percentage of cases, but you know, and we've talked about mental health before on the show, but that's a that's an entirely different thing that we could also work on. But yeah, absolutely. I don't know. It just seems. What 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 problems do we have to solve? We have to solve transportation. Well, wealth redistribution is probably the biggest change. Okay, so wealth redistribution. Okay, good. Yep. Mm-hmm. That would, in theory, just inherently solve a couple other issues, maybe, or solve like a lot of issues. Like, I don't think so. I think it would also give people better access to healthcare, better ability to take care of themselves, both mentally and physically, because they aren't reliant on having to work seventy-hour weeks. Healthcare has to be universal. I'm like, I, I, I can't say this enough. I, I've come across a couple instances just like in the last two weeks where I'm like, oh, universal healthcare would have actually fixed all this. Because you don't think about like, you know, and how COVID has, has you know, aided in, you know, or, or really hindered people... People who would normally just say, all right, I guess I'm going to the hospital. People are sometimes too paranoid to go to the hospital, right? It's like, maybe I can get through this because maybe I'm fine. Maybe it's like, maybe it's all in my head, you know. Um, You remember my friend Nick who interrupted our podcast that one time? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. So he shows up the other day and he's got a poodle now all of a sudden. (laughs) Like a standard poodle or yeah. a miniature poodle no, or standard, a toy poodle? Standard okay. poodle. He's like a six-year-old 
like kind of like a auburn brown colored standard poodle named Carson. Okay. So he was te- he was kind of like telling me about this like a week before or something and I was I was just thinking, you know, like 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 what's the story here? You know, basically this dog was orphaned because his owner died. I'm like, oh, well, you know, and then it kind of hit me and I remembered meeting this guy. And so I was like, so, you know, what was it? Heart attack or whatever? They found him in his armchair at home. And turns out they did an autopsy on him and his appendix ruptured. You have to be crazy to be in appendix pain appendix ruptured pain and not go to the er but this guy just sat on his couch probably took painkillers ignored the pain and died from it and nick's only comment was yep he was always an interesting guy always really thrifty always really thrifty is like you know really weird to me that 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 could happen doesn't isn't that like fucking crazy the guy's like 61 years old you know so there's that and then i have another friend who's just selling off all of his like car parts and stuff and turns out he's doing it to pay medical bills and that sucks too because it's like You know, he's, I mean, he's sold, selling everything. Sold his car, sold his, like, sold all of the stuff. He's, like, sitting on, like, you know, thousands of dollars worth of car parts. And it's, like, it feels good to him because he can flip the stuff. And he bought it pretty cheap and has just hoarded it all these years. He knows it's worth good money. He knows it's probably a good time to sell because people are buying parts. And, you know, he's got to pay some bills. And he's just, like, getting after it. So, you know. He messaged me because he was like, hey, do you want this or this or this? I'm like, well, <laughs> the answer is yes, I do. I don't. I'll, I'll budget my money and I'll buy only a couple of the really nice things that I normally wouldn't be able to find and already don't have. That's the other key. Can't be buying du- duplicates of stuff. Anyway, not to be like so somber or end on a somber note, but I was just like, of all the fucking issues that we could solve or that we were maybe trying to just even have the conversation of starting to get there, you know, with in regards to universal health care. Just like <laughs> Yeah, it seems like a it seems like a no brainer. It seems like the obvious fucking choice. But they've built such a huge system that makes so much money for so, you know, when I say so many, but like actually so few, but like so many people who have power Mm -hmm. and they have access to all the lawyers and lobbyists that can help them write the bills that their favorable senators and everyone will pass. It's inherent to the way the country runs. It's like, if you were to get, who, who, who does that affect? Like who's losing their job? If everybody gets universal health care, it's, the people who are making billions of dollars a year 
it's what call center employees they'll, they'll still be call center employees for for healthcare through through whatever other service exists there's nothing no one else is losing money on that yeah <laughs> it's so, that's so fucking crazy to me I uh, I've listened to a couple good shows about healthcare and things like that, and they talk about you know all of these really interesting. It's all you know the the good story is always like this really weird like pre existing condition story, or it's a um, you know my son was diagnosed with this rare disease at age three and. I'm using this to like bring awareness to everyone because you know that kid has like a rock star mom. It's like people love hearing like good stories about people fighting for what's right, right? But then we never turn that story into like the guiding light to give us all what we want and what we need, which is just like. It should just be a universal, uh, universal right at this point, right? It, you know, it's like it's fucking twenty twenty, like yeah. we're 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 here, you know. Everything, you know, the future is now. So it's like we have all this amazing healthcare, and we reap the benefits of it, sure. But how much is it going to cost? You know, and I think obviously we're living longer as humans and i think it's i think it is appalling that the united states of all places doesn't have the best healthcare system and doesn't have the like best like rates of um uh, life expectancy in the world I think that like that's a kind of a no-brainer to me. That should be like we're number one in all of it. That's what it should be, but we're not. And I've always th- I've always thought that that was just very, um, it's just very interesting. I just like I don't know if that means that we're too big to make it work. Um, no, I think we're just more seen as you know customers and not sick people or people who need healthcare. Hmm. So it's just comes down to a dollar amount on everybody's head and not as a a goal to eradicate stuff from people. Well then. Yeah, real downer. I guess. All right, I'll end on a positive note. Did we talk about the band Polyphia? Polyphia? No, I've never heard of it. Yeah, so Francois sent me this video. um, You know, like fucking many, many months ago now. And he was just like, just let me know. He's like, I want to know like what your reaction to this is. And I was like, all right. And I watched it and I was like, this is fucking crazy. Um... And then what I did was I immediately watched it again before answering him. And then I like, you know, answered him and it was just like kind of rambly, but also kind of like this is so different than any music, you know, 
that I listen to. It's like I, you know, genre wise. Right. So I'm reading the wiki right now. <laughs> oh, okay. It's like, it's like, um, if you take a metal band, like a modern metal band, and then like they start to like incorporate like prog rock kind of stuff and then they kind of incorporate kind of like math rock kind of stuff and they like kind of get away from that like hardcore like metal sound and instead they move into something else um and then there's no lyrics no one sings in the the band as well so it's like only instrumental so Mm. it kind of you know um and everything's done to a click track like the like the drummer has a click track in his head so like everything is just like done out perfectly you know but but every musician individually they're all fucking phenomenal it's like they're all beyond phenomenal musicians so it's just it was a very interesting so anyway i started listening to them i just i i listen to their music pretty regularly now just like when i feel like listening to that kind of stuff because it's definitely like some of the songs would be good exercise songs you know what i mean like just lose yourself in it they're just like fast paced sometimes and they have like these kind of ups and downs which feels kind of natural when you're doing like when you're listening to like music for exercise it's nice to have like ups and downs like sometimes rap isn't perfect for exercise because like they have so many different mood changes but this kind of music is probably a little bit better for that because it's like um i don't know it has it has a flow so anyway that was like many months ago that he sent me the original video and i uh i'm, I'm just listening to them all you're talking to <laughs> there's i mean there's a lot of there's a lot of stuff yeah um, the song he originally sent me is Goat, which is their most popular song. It's spelled G-O-A-T with periods in between. But Greatest of all time. The wait, Greatest of all time. Is what you're listening to? No, that's what that's what G period O period A period T is. Oh, the greatest of all time. I didn't know that. I can hear you listening to it. That's funny. <laughs> I don't know. It's I, I, yeah. I, I I would I would listen to it. I would put it on on a mix or something. It's just it's weird to see them playing in a music video. One because I didn't really like. I don't really think of music videos anymore. But two. <laughs> but two them to be like. I don't take them seriously, but it looks like they're taking it serious. But there's no way they're taking it too serious, right? If you, if you like watch, um, they have like a ton of content on YouTube. They start, I think I want to say they started off as like more of like a YouTube sort of relevant, like they did things like that. Right. Like, like I, I feel that of them the same way I feel about like Korean punk or something like that. Like, it's like they saw a kind of pastiche of, of what they wanted their image to be. And that's what they're going for. These are just like art kids or drama nerds or something like that who are talented musicians like just band geeks it's like the one asian kid is like 
the like brains behind the operation and he's like he's like the kid who writes all of the I haven't licks. even seen I haven't even seen an Asian kid yet. He's you he's the one playing the lick in that song. He's Oh, with like the lopsided haircut, the asymmetrical haircut? Yeah. He listens to all sorts of shit. It's very interesting to watch like his personal like YouTube channel or like he cuz he goes through um And then they have like someone's dad playing the drums for him. Dude, that fucking guy is amazing. He's um he's sponsored by like whatever the the like symbol company is because they all are. Is it is it It's not. It's Minel. It's the one that's not the one you think it is. Um That's the, that's their slogan, right? It's the one that's not Zadalgin. It's the other one. <laughs> that's the that, <laughs> We're, we're the other one we're guys. the other one. <laughs> oh, so simple no 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 the other one um if you watch there's like a video of that kid's name is clay ashelman and if you type into classic Google, that's a classic metal name clay ashelman there are two guys in the mm-hmm. band named clay what <laughs> where are they from south carolina uh yeah they're from um dallas. are they from dallas are they from oh dallas south carolina you just na- it's like name the other two places with barbecue it's like yeah that's where they're from I feel, um, I feel like clay and lee are like the two names from south carolina yeah no clay so anyway the the there's a there's a video where it's a minor symbols video and it's just him doing the drums alone in a room by himself with like a billion different camera angles you'd probably like it just because of that it's kind of cool um but it's like clay ashelman plays minor symbols and then he's just playing his tracks um it's fucking great those niche markets are like it, it fascinates me with the the endorsement deals where it's like oh we have to make a commercial for symbols because there is more than one company to buy symbols. So we're going to get this artist that people know in this community to sell our symbols. Look up this video right now so you can see what it is, which is like the one, the minor symbols video where he's playing the song OD because they're like the first cut. You can still hear me, right? Yep. The first cut is just like What's his name? Oh, Clay? Clay. Hester Hester Brook McGillicuddy it's just do M-E-I-N-L Minel symbols and then Clay and then O-D uh huh Ashelman looks like a completely different person (laughs) yeah because he like puts his hair up or whatever or something I don't know what a symbol, a good symbol, should sound like. By the way, so this this is just a drummer for me. Yeah, this is a a drum commercial. But what I'm saying is like all the different cuts that they have in the video are like they're on a they're all panning. Everything's always moving. Right. It's like I know you can think of it as like um, like how they produce that and stuff, and I can't. Um, so that's kind of, I don't, I don't want to say it's like too interesting to me or something, but it's like, I, I think like, I don't know what's going on there, 
do you know how like they do those like famous um like um that obligatory shot in like on tv where they're showing the making of and they have like the camera that's on the railroad tracks like literal railroad tracks or you just mean like a, a like a dolly move of the camera no like they have made like tracks so that the camera uh-huh. like follows the tracks right that's like the thing that i think of when i see like so much movement in a video and it's like so smooth and stuff i, I guess are they just using like a it was it called a gimbal yeah it's probably a gimbal or i mean it could be a dolly shot but I would imagine the size of the room, it's probably just a gimbal. It's just really interesting to me that these, that like they go through so much, like to, you know, make these videos so fucking nice. And then the juxtaposition is like that, that Asian kid, um, his name is Tim Henson. He will. <laughs> Not Jim Henson. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> Jim Henson, RIP. Tim not Henson. you clay the other clay right not this clay the other clay but tim henson will like have these just like selfie like iphone portrait videos on his youtube like just the quality is totally different but it's like because he was live streaming something and you know people like his fans will like ask questions like oh how did you know so he does like this video of like this is how i wrote this song it's hilarious because there's like one time he's like oh i basically took an ariana grande song and i reversed it and then i took the theme and then i riffed off of that and then it's like he goes this is the first time i've said that in public so (laughs) (laughs) um but it's like i think they do take themselves kind of seriously but it's also just because (laughs) like music is one of those weird fucking things that's super unifying like you can find like likeness in music throughout all humanity like you don't have to speak the same language to be into the same music so that's sort of one of the cooler like little details um they go to japan to like tour and it's like the joke is like i'm huge into in japan they are actually big in Japan. And what's even crazier is they have this they they have this like one guitarist who's like a featuring this guy. I don't remember what his name is, Jason something. Is it Clay? No. <laughs> no. But they have this one guy who like plays one track with them on like every album and it's like featuring this other metal guitarist. And this guy is just known for playing, like, incredibly fucking fast, like, technical guitar. But because of the internet, and because the internet has, like, you know, again, back to this, like, crazy fucking music culture shit that we do. There's, of course, there is, a 12-year-old girl in Japan who can play this guy's licks perfectly. Right. And so she goes on tour with them when they go to Japan. 
and just. I mean, I'm not. I'm not. Like, I'm not saying they're not talented or anything like that. And I'm not insult. Like, I mean, yes, this is their job. They're gonna take it seriously and everything. Yeah, yeah. But there's just, especially in music, but also in like movies and like television and stuff. I, I catch myself just like for a second being, being like, this is you know they're they're just all pretending this is important. You know, it's it's like believing that it's it's important so that they can continue to you know keep it as their job like it's i think it's just a a a wider thing that i that i've noticed caught myself thinking about and everything is like just looking at everything and being like why is everyone doing this everyone could could just not do this and no one would be any different you know this is this is interesting it's it's like a belief in buying into you know whatever the self-made or societal made bullshit that we need to so it's like they they're like this is a thing we're good at music youtube exists we're we have a fan base we're gonna play music so that's our job so we're taking it seriously but at the same rate it's like well i mean what's the point the thing about music that's interesting is that like you have this direct feedback that comes from you know not only not only the people listening, but like when you go to play live and um, people are like fucking singing your songs back to you and shit like that. And like there's some sort of like unification for music. I see what you're saying. And like, well, it's like, I mean, yeah, live performances, live comedians and stuff, especially in the past eight months, is it, is that necessary is that gonna be a thing anymore is this at the point where stand-up comedy you know didn't really exist a hundred years ago yeah so that's a relatively new thing that a lot of people who do it for a living want to come back so they can continue to do it and have a career and prosper and everything but at the same rate it's like if that goes away so what we'll just laugh at something else on, on the internet like it's like things are only as important as as they make them to be but because it's people's livelihoods then it's important to them but okay yeah totally i first of all i'm gonna split these things up because what you're saying is 100 percent true it's not true for music though and it's not true for live music because there are people who have been i mean like i have people i work with who their lives are going to live shows like that it's just like oh i'm like the the friday night thing is like oh i'm gonna go see you know edgar winter or whoever i don't fucking know um you probably can't see edgar winter anymore <laughs> but like there are people i've heard tons of people maybe this is a vermont thing but like i've t- heard of tons of people who are upset that they can't go to see live shows and they're just like this has been the worst summer because I was planning on seeing all these live shows and I just, I couldn't, I couldn't do it. And like, that doesn't matter to you or me. I just um, don't, I, I don't think I've ever understood lot, like the importance of, of live performances. Like I, I'll, I'll enjoy a concert if I go see it. I'll, I'll enjoy a stand-up comedian if I see him. Mm-hmm. I hate plays. I hate musicals. Interesting. You hate plays. I don't like plays really i don't like that it's live i don't like that how serious they they take 
the pretend I, it, the plays are just so alien to me this is so interesting considering where you work Right. No, I mean, I, I, I think the same thing about, you know, buying into the bullshit for, for TV shows and everything, too. And I'm catching myself thinking about uh, more and more about movies, too, because there's so few movies that I actually enjoy watching, like new movies that I watch. It's a it's suspension like, of disbelief. You sit, you sit down and you, to... watch, you watch a, a movie on Netflix and you're like, somebody spent money on this. It's supposed a bunch to of be... People, a bunch you of got... people thought this was going to be good. You got to get out of there. And they continued making it. And it's horrible. You got to get it. And out of it there. continues every time. Yeah, I mean, of course, because someone the the idea is that like some, I don't want to say a focus group. Someone said that this is going to work, and someone's going to like it. No, no, the algorithm said that it's just content. Put it up there, and some asshole will watch it. Mm. They're playing law of averages. They just need things that look new, so people, when they're looking through the queue, can find something new that distracts them. Whether or not it's good or bad, they'll just they'll just watch it. Do you like the fighting in Letterkenny? I mean, it's fine. It's the same thing over and over again. It is every time. But is that like, like I'm? I guess I'm trying to think of like what's the best. What's like what's that one thing that's like really? I mean, I obviously you kind of already touched on it. It's like when it's really good, it's really good. And the is it the do you like the <laughs> do you do you like when the comedy is really good or do you like when the like when they're serious and it's also really good or like both I guess no I like when the comedy bits are good okay all right because like one of my favorite scenes in I have, like, two kind of, like... There are two scenes that I can think of off the top of my head in Letterkenny that it's, like... Man, that's a pretty good way to, like, to to close it out. But also, like... Or that's a pretty good way to open this up. But it's, like, one ending scene and one opening scene. And it's that ending scene where they play the French song. And, like, everyone's fighting. Right. So that's a uh, that's also the when they're season. when they're when they're ice fishing or whatever. Ice fishing. No, that's a that's a that's like my favorite episode entirely. That that no no I love that episode. Different episode though. Okay. Um, it's like when all the guys are like wearing their like blue, like Quebecois like logger team jerseys. Right. And they're I all. Think I remember. And they're all in that bar. And that guy was like, oh, I have someone for you to meet. Oh, right. That scene I love when they're like all fighting and then everything stops when he's like, you know, when he sees Marie Fred. Um, also, her name's Marie Fred because that's amazing. And then like that opening scene where he beats up the guys at the... Uh, at the like quickie mart or whatever it is when he's gassing up his truck. Mm-hmm. I like that scene a lot too, but also that has a fucking killer song behind it too. And this is the other thing that I was going to say is like each one of those scenes that are fully memorable to me is because there's a fucking amazing song also playing during the sequence. So it's like, there's something 
about putting that together in an artistic way that like someone had to think about it and think how how am i going to pair these things up and even though i agree with everything you've said in the sense that it's like completely unnecessary and bullshit like why is this content being created what's the purpose of this content you know is that but the thing is you do this stuff for art because you want to create a scenario in which your your viewer feels something so you want to like evoke an emotion that's why plays are good for me like a play that's really good is that suspension of disbelief it's like you are immersed in the experience and you forget that it's a play and yeah you can i can't i can't forget that it's a play because i there's i'm sitting in an audience with people i, I can see the sides of the stage that they're on two-dimensional props i can't lose myself in it the whole time i know i'm experiencing a play i am watching a staged performance yeah, like you need to go and watch like the importance of being earnest. I don't. I don't need to do that. On shrooms. No. Why because do, I need to do that. Basically, what you're saying is that you can't un. Like, you know, you can't immerse yourself. That indicates I, that, like, I mean, there are movies you can do that with, right? I mean, I can enjoy a movie. If I get, if I like enjoy what I'm watching, but I'm aware I'm watching a movie the entire time. See, I'm the opposite. And this is maybe why I hate watching movies because it's such a, an engulfing, um, it's like a, it's like a draining experience for me because I'm the opposite. I have to be invested and immersed and I have to be all in, you know, because I don't think about a single thing. My mind does not think of a single other thing when I'm watching a movie. Yeah, if it's a good movie, I will all be locked in. But I think I'm still also focusing more on what I think my reaction is to the movie than I am reacting to the movie. That's interesting. Which is how I feel about a lot of live performances. I'm more aware that I'm taking part in something mm-hmm. th- than I am allowing myself to enjoy that. Very interesting. Now, what you said for that that concept for everything else applied to everything else in the world is 100% true. And this like kind of wraps back into that conversation we had many shows ago now about like what are the most important and necessary jobs in society because if it's not a necessary job you don't need to be doing it and if you don't need to be doing it then i don't know fill in the blank but like my job for example and i we've, we've definitely talked about this before but it's like i know that my job is completely unnecessary and is like I think of it as like I cater to hobbyists, you know, but it is nice to like learn everything you possibly can and be like master of your domain 
in regards to your bullshit that you're doing. So like, you know, and this applies to your job. This applies to like so many things. It's like, yeah, no one really like cares, but you can help people and you can bond over the experiences. So it's like everything we do in the end should come back to relating to like a few key things. And, you know, we've been talking a lot about stuff that relates to entertainment. And to to evoke an emotion from someone, you know, is the end goal, you know. And maybe that's even true with, you know, cars. is like you're evoking emotions out of people because people have these relationships with cars because we've lived with them our whole lives. And they represent you know nostalgia they represent um you know fun if you're someone who likes to go out on trails and shit they uh you know represent um skill and problem solving if you have to winch your car out it's like all these there are like all these aspects kind of just like boiled into one thing so you know um and a lot of that stuff is bonding for people you know so you know I, I don't know if i told you because no i haven't because we haven't even talked i drove my tell me if i told you this last night um because i fucking don't remember i drove my land rover to an event um i kind of missed it really i missed most of the event because i had to stay home because of like whatever house shit but i ended up like it was already dark out but i ended up driving my Land Rover, like, 10 miles to this guy's house where all these guys were getting together. I found I found them. And it was kind of cool because I pulled in, shut my car off. Um, and all these guys, most of whom I'd never met before, but, like, kind of, I knew some of them from the internet or I had maybe talked to one of them on the phone before or I met a guy at another event and there were a couple of guys I knew. And they, everyone flocked around my truck to look at my truck. And it was kind of cool because it's just like, that was the first time that had ever happened to me. You know, it's like all these guys are just like looking at all these stuff. They're asking me questions. What's this? You know, when did you put this on? You know, it's like, this thing's cool. Why did you decide to do this instead of that? And it's like, that's what people like. You know, people like that, that, that unification. Whatever that thing is that brings you together. You know, and I think mm-hmm. mov- movies do that and, and plays and performances and live performances totally do that. The shared experience is what everyone's after. I just don't see it for plays, man. I used to love going to um, we used to go to Colgate and watch plays. And it's like these guys are spending weeks and weeks and weeks memorizing all these lines that some guy wrote hundreds of years ago you know it's like there's something so cool in that in the sense that you know these are you know part of it is history part of it is you know i'm i chose the importance of being earnest because that's probably the best play i've ever seen in my life like it was incredible the actors were good everything about it was incredible it was just like a couple 
you know, the, the, the show is stolen by two incredibly talented actors, you know, um, and that's that whole show. That whole show is two actors just going back and forth, basically, ma- mainly. So it's. But I mean, just why not just read the book? I don't understand. I don't. It just seems so do you, weird. Do you have that same experience when you read? Like, do you do you immerse yourself? I can, in I, can, I, can, I can get lost in a book much easier. So this is just like we're just talking about like how it's you just, how like, you think. Like this is just going you. going to a going to a play to watch a bunch of grownups pretend. I don't. I don't know. It's also because because I'm in LA and like people that I've hung out with and friends and family and stuff like I've been to have you ever been to like little black box theaters where like your your friend is doing a play and it's like <laughs> no 20 pe- 20 people in the audience no no and they're like giving it they're all no and they're like they're like laying it all on the floor but nope. then you're like you're like this this was written by a guy I went to grade school with or something like that it's like oh god I can't buy into any of this <laughs> And it's just like bad, like Tarantino dialogue or like shitty views. On like it's it's just they're really buying into it, and they're not making any money off of it. So it's for what the craft because they want to be actors. Like what what are we all doing here? <laughs> yeah, that's an ego. Trip. I have to go there. I have to go there to support my friends. But no, that's I stupid. don't support what they're doing because it's horrible. And do you do the white lie then? Like, how'd you like yes. it? Yeah, you shake their hands at the end. You're like, wow. And you find something nice to say about something. Like, ah, oh, those, I, I, I really thought you were shot there. You know? That's it's amazing. Just... So I, so I've told you this before. I know I've told you this before. Um, I was in the crucible. I played um, the pastor in the crucible when I was in 10th grade. And at the end of the show, the first night, this is the Friday night show, I hadn't messed anything up. I was like, I couldn't believe it. I was like, you know, it was fucking a brutal play to learn. And this guy who, like, I looked up to, um, came up to me. Who's the first person to come up to me? And he was with another friend. And these were guys like I played soccer with too. It's like we did stuff together. We played music together. We you know in in band or whatever. All school related. But these guys are like upperclassmen, you know. And I'll never forget. He, I was with like a couple other people too, and and he looked at me. He goes, "You." He goes, God, I've never hated a character so much. And I was like, awesome. Like, that is 100% the best compliment. And it's like, I don't know if I was ever channeling that energy. And it's like, you take the, like, what's the difference between reading lines and, like, acting something out? And it's like, the crucible is so well written that i always thought you know this is so like this is so crazy you know 
It's like fucking whatever Salem witch trials shit. And I just remember him being like, I God, I, I hated you the entire time. And then his friend who was with him, was just like, fully agree. Yes. Hated. It was amazing. <laughs> it was like, and that in itself is like, like I was, didn't, I never would have expected that. Like I didn't expect any, I didn't know what to expect, I guess, as a reaction. You know, just like, great job, blah, 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 is what I expected. But to have, for someone to have that reaction, and we're in high school, it's not like, you know, there's no real reason for them to be adults with me. We're kids, right? So it's not like the white lie situation. It's different. I could guarantee you if I sat through your 10th grade performance of The Crucible, I would not be lost in the fucking moment. I would not think, I would not think that you're, you're a puritanical pastor in a witch trial. I, I would think there is a child reading something written by a man from 70 years ago. That's an allegory for the fucking uh, McCarthy hearings. Yeah, I'm going to go watch these kids do this. <laughs> but that's what I'm saying is like, I, I'm I'm saying that that's the context difference is that like you're watching some guy who's not making money doing a solo show with someone who wrote some garbage, right? And I've, I've seen, I've seen play like good plays too, quote. Yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. I, with, with but, legit actors and stuff. But like, I just... I, I, I can't pretend. Right. I'm telling you that your example was amazing because the, you were getting down the pathway of like, this has probably ruined everything for me for the rest of my life. And I think that's probably true. Like, I would... I don't care how much I liked that person. I would politely decline to ever do anything like that, especially if I knew what I was getting into. Um you can't just say no to people when they care about this shit wow this is such a cross this is because then they then they then they take then they take it personally well no you're saying you you can buy into shit easily no 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 no, it it wouldn't be a major ask no not that i don't think i could buy into that if it was a one-man show no fucking way i never said it was a one-man show but you said it was like just a small production, like a, a DIY setup in a, like a, a small storefront theater. Ugh. But it's like some. No. Okay. I'm now. I'm gonna turn. You were the monster before. You think, you think I'm the monster now? Go watch kids plays. Did you think anyone in the audience of the Crucible wanted to be there who wasn't a parent? I mean, I mean. So so Jordan and Matt had no skin in the game. These two guys who like came up to me who were both I guess a year older than me. They didn't have anyone in the play to watch. They came to just like support like the arts. Yeah, just like to support like the town thing cuz we always said it like, dude, I went to a small school. Like you don't understand this shit. I went to a school with 80 people in my 68 people in my class. There were 54 in my graduating class. Yeah, but it was all dudes. <laughs> it's like you went to stupid Catholic high school. 
All right. I, I mean, don't, I don't. I, I thought we were to, just comparing class sizes here. I went to, <laughs> I went to a public school like in the like middle of fucking bumfuck. Like we had nothing. You know what I mean? So it's like at the end of the day when they're saying on the announcements and come support the, you know, uh, Morseville blah 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 drama club. Da da da. I don't think we called ourselves a drama club, but whatever it is, you know, and uh, director yada yada doing the Crucible. I'm sure so many people went into that play had no idea what the fuck it was because of how rural my town is. Maybe half the people knew what they were signing up for. Did they think they were actually watching a real witch trial? (laughs) Burn her! Burn her! (laughs) But it's like, it's like... Yeah, and I'm sure it was fucking atrocious. I, I mean, I, I'm sure it was the worst. I, um, I'm i sure nobody wanted to be there. Dude, I... W- <laughs> <sighs> the difference that we're talking about is, like, these little, like... We're like we're like floating around the cusp of this here and then kind of That's what we do. That's that's the whole that's the whole crooks of this show. It is. That's the show is floating around the cusp. <laughs> oh my god. Just circling the point. <laughs> it's like the edge of a black hole, but we never can enter. We just spin the around. The event horizon. Yes. Yes. It's like I'm Okay, maybe saying my 10th grade acting performance of The Crucible was, like, probably a bad thing to bring up. But the the part of it that I feel resonates still with me today, the only part I care about is the fact that Jordan and Matt went and watched it together. They had no reason to go. They went just because they could and they had nothing better to do on a friday night and they wouldn't they're not the type of people who would have just like stayed and also said you know they they liked the arts they were also in school plays themselves but they had nothing to do with this okay right so they're in school plays so they're drama kids I guess. So they like they they like the idea of 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 it. So maybe they're I don't know, just taking part in the community of Morrisville drama kids. But if I'm thinking, I also, I'm gonna I'm gonna fill I, in a little blank for you because I'm realizing it's also the same year. Tenth grade is also the same year that I was in Guys and Dolls, but that was a different semester. And they each played the. Um, respective leads in that play. So it was contemporary. One was a guy and one was a doll? Yes. One played Sky Masterson and the other one played Nathan Detroit. Um, (laughs) My other my other (laughs) guess as to why people with no skin in the game would go to a school play for their school some English teacher offered them extra credit or they could get out of an exam if they went and supported the school. I don't think we did that, but yes. I think 100% one of your teachers did that. I don't think we did that, but I I, I see what you're saying. 
There wasn't a lot of bribery. I've I mean, never hated anyone as much as your character, Lopez. <laughs> wow, that means a lot coming from this year's Nathan Detroit. <laughs> it's like, it's like, it was not even just like, it was the first thing that they said to anyone. And I thought that was really interesting. What um, are either of them doing now? Uh, one is a lobbyist, I think. Full circle. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what Matt's doing. Is he directing school plays? I doubt it. I don't like to use Facebook or anything, so I could. I guess I could he, ask my he, sister. He hung up his acting career when he saw you as, as who is it, Pastor Pretty or whatever his name is. I Goody, Pastor um, Goody. <laughs> He's a lobbyist. <laughs> <laughs> um, Reverend Paris. And isn't there a goodie in there too? Or am I thinking of a different, different, I'm thinking of a scarlet letter. Mm, don't know. Characters in order of appearance. Reverend Samuel Paris, the minister of Salem. Oh, wow. Characters in order of appearance. Reverend Paris is first. Is there a goodie on there, or am I thinking of something else? There's Tituba. Excuse me? <laughs> Tituba? What is that? The Paris family slave. Oh. <laughs> Who played that in your, in your play? Uh, we did have one black girl. Oh, good. So the, there wasn't a blackface scenario that you guys decided to trot out there? No, 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 no. We had the one black girl. Jesus and she, Christ. And she literally was like... Hey, so I'm just going to say this out loud. I want to be the slave. And everyone was like, sounds good. <laughs> so. Man. <this> world. <laughs> yep. Yeah, Reverend Paris. Glory days. Not really. I mean, like, I did. I never did a play after that ever again. It was way too much. I work. thought you did Guys and Dolls. No, no, I did musicals. That didn't count. Musicals are easy. Uh, okay. Musicals, you're like part of an ensemble. It's like a different thing. I, um, when I was a senior, I was the lead in our, um, fucking musical which we did South Pacific. Oof. Yeah. I wish I was the lead in any of the other ones I did. Um, who did the one black person play in that, on, on your uh, your play? Who's the black person in South Pacific? I don't know. I'm just wondering if you tanned up a bunch of people to be the South by Southwest natives or whatever. No, I don't. I, I think we just used, like, a bunch of, like, middle schoolers. <laughs> the the cast like the the um what is it called the party what the fuck are they called um it was always a bunch of middle schoolers who did like those like little parts right um yeah no we did guys and dolls 10th grade 11th grade we did i skipped the sound of music didn't really want to do that one that was ninth grade um we did Greece in eleventh grade, and then 
Seth Who were you in Greece? Um, one of the like four guys, not the not the main guy, not the main two guys, but like one of those like sidekick guys. Jesus, the guy who's like fucking a. Did you guys have the the line? Did she put up a fight in it? Yeah, that was time? me. That was me. Yeah, that was your line. Yeah, that was your your song line, and they kept it in there for the school play. Yeah. <laughs> Did you rape her? <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ! That's not what that line is about. What? What else? How do you interpret? Interpret, did she put up a fight in in the summer loving song? <laughs> Jesus Christ. Uh, I think you're I think you're a damaged human. <laughs> what? <laughs> it's like, what the fuck? Oh man, I I need time to reflect on the lyrics, I guess. Shit. I didn't want to do that. I didn't want to do that right now. Wow. Um, Amazing. Yeah, no, we used all the lines. And I think we used them all and naively just sang the lyrics as they were. Well, you know, it's school. I think that guy is like... that. It, it kind of goes with that guy's character because he's just an idiot. Oh, okay. I actually don't think it... I think, like, reading into that lyric, you know, because all of them are saying silly things. Like, the girls are saying, you know... And then, like, one of them's like, can can she find me a friend or whatever, right? It's like all the lyrics are just kind of like... I don't know, like hokey and shit. So it's just locker room talk is what you're saying. I think so. I think it's like, I think just he's boys just, being boys. I know. I think he's like, I, I think he's like the way I always interpreted that was just like the guy's stupid. And because they, because the, the way that like the other guys react, I think it's in the sub notes too. It's like, like everyone give him like a dirty look like you stupid idiot like he that's the like um uh, like the subtext no it's like the, the he's doing the like the dumb the dumb old humor he's doing like the 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 dumb stupid person humor from like the 50s this takes place in the 50s yeah, but it's like not written right, but it wasn't written in the fifties. But it's like a lot of those things from the fifties are like, like the Looney Tunes cartoons, or like you know what I mean. Like you're talking about like uh, even stuff that's older than that. It's like there's this kind of dumb humor. So you think when it was written in, when was it written? I don't know. Was it written in the seventies, or was that just when the movie came out? Uh, Greece play musical. Um, Greece, seventy-one, Chicago. Right. So you're so you're thinking that they were self-aware in the seventies enough to write in a character in the fifties who says something that would, in your opinion, be socially acceptable in the fifties, but the characters 
the other characters in the cast are progressive enough to cast dispersion on that comment i wish god i wish i had the there's like a the guy gets a look like the guy and the other guys it says like the acting direction is something like like all i remember is i was directed for like one of the guys to just like shove me after that one like that's a dumb fucking thing to say but i think i don't think it you know i don't know i just i never ever connected it that in that context i guess but that also sounds like me so gotta check your privilege lopez i guess (laughs) um amazing were we gonna end like an hour ago and then we just like went off and it got better i think it got better We were gonna end on a really sad note, and then we went <laughs> and then we went somewhere else. We never clapped. Oh fuck! Really? <laughs> That's not good. Why, why, why don't we tag this with a uh, sign off and then a clap? How do you tag it with a sign? Tag do it do where? The, do the normal twenty nine twenty eight thing. Oh 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 oh. Well, thank you for listening to twenty nine twenty eight. And uh, if you need to contact us, you can contact us via Gmail. Um, we have a Twitter, an Instagram. Um, we have stickers um, still. So we haven't done an episode in six months. So, you know, not really an opportunity for anyone to be like, oh, yeah, I might want a sticker for my car that I don't drive anymore or whatever. Um I know a lot of people have sold cars and are just like, not going back. Um, yeah. Really? Yeah. You don't live hmm. in a, you don't live in a city that you can do that with, though. Not easily, no. No. Plus, you live like way out in in Tarzania and stuff now. Yeah, live in the live in the deep valley. You live in the deep valley. Is there not a... We talked about this, right? There's a train, but it's like takes too long? There's a train. There's a there's a metro system. But yeah, I, I the, to take the train from here to there, it would just... I wouldn't want to do that every day. Yeah, that's fair. Anyway, this is 2928. Um, this is a podcast we do where we basically... We... Um, we circle around the epicenter of the main issue, and we never really get to the point. Um, we tread water for a while and kind of eat the clock, you know. We tiptoe around the edges. We don't really get there. We um, skirt the main ideas. Sometimes we yell at each other about really dumb stuff. Mm-hmm. I swear it was two different floors, man. I'm pretty sure it's not, man. All right. I just remember, like, coming downstairs. I remember being up on the left-hand side of the audience on, like, bleachers or risers or whatever like that, and we were standing, and then that's when Matt kind of dove off there and went towards the front stage. I I remember all of that, yes. And we were talking to the girl about Justin Towns Earl in that same place while he was performing. Right. That's right. All right, I'll I'll let you I'll let you I'll let you have this one. But I know there was also performances downstairs, but it was more like like kind of just like local group or whatever like that that was playing where the bar was. 
All right, I guess. Hmm. Hmm. Three, two, one.